And I'm not fine. You're not fine? Oh, I'm not fine, dude. I mean, it's a perfect song because we are coming up on the end of the year. Playoffs are around the corner. Week 13 means nothing in our league. Everything's decided. Um, there were no injuries this week, so why don't you... Other than COVID. Other, other than, than COVID. COVID, COVID I mean, is, all, and un, is undefeated. Yes. Oh, COVID is going to be great. I mean, other than the fact that I just got bitch slapped by Adam this week, mm-hmm. which kudos to you, Adam. What a fucking week you put up with some of the players there. Congrats on high score. I don't think anybody's going to touch you with it, but yeah. Kudos it's, to his team for showing up after he's been eliminated. You always love to see that. Yep. Yeah, oh, you, you always love to see that part of it, but I mean... At the end of the day, it's if you're going to get your bad games out, you get them out now with it. So for as much as you say, we're all set, we're settled. We're we're really excited to get the end of the world started in this league as COVID continues to spread through the Baltimore Ravens team where they probably still have COVID cases running around. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? Apparently there was as they were boarding the plane, the players were alerted of a positive test, but it was no big deal. Um, so that's that's exciting, you know. Yeah, one baby steps, one day at a time. But I, I think this is a fun podcast because we're not even done with week twelve yet as we record this. We're not. There is a Wednesday game. I think the f- first ever Wednesday game. Yeah, Thanksgiving got shit on. We don't play on Saturdays anymore. Sundays all fucked up. We play three games on Monday, and then we why fuck it? Let's play on Wednesday and Tuesday this year. I love it. Um, so this week's pod, we're going to recap a trade. We are going to spotlight two teams that are eliminated. That'll cover all six eliminated teams from the playoffs. We are going to talk about a team and specifically a player that I think we're going to have some strong opinions on. And then we'll we'll wrap up with, of course, the matchups. And none of these matchups are super exciting, but we will try our best to make them exciting. Dan, how are you doing? Are you ready for this? I've only had one cocktail. I'm a quarter of a way through a second with one more poured next to me. I think we're going to be good. I might make it through this without slurring too many words. So we've got about 30, 25 minutes. minutes. You got it. That's 20, it. 25. Okay. All right. We got to go. We got to go. go. So let's talk about the let's trade. talk trades. There's only, yeah. There's only one trade this week. Um, we've been spoiled by some activity. The some past good weeks. ones too. Yeah. But this one's pretty small. Uh, it involves me and Armand and Armand sent his 2022 third round draft pick. And I sent Isaiah Coulter, uh, rookie wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Dan, as the unbiased third party, what are your what's your takeaways on this deal? I want to know who had inside information that the Texans were going to cut Kenny Stills and that Will Fuller was fucking shooting PEDs up his dick um, to really make sure that he wasn't injured this year. Because Coulter now all of a sudden has fantasy relevancy. And that's kind of the last thing you really want to have if you're on Mon's team. Well, in fairness, the Kenny Stills was cut before this game. Oh, okay. Uh, though the fuller injury news didn't come out. Um, so just that came out a day or two after. Gotcha. I mean, they still have Kiku Kuti, but this I mean, Randall Cobb's out. There's some interesting pieces with this, but you gotta get a you get a young guy coming out of Rhode Island, hasn't put up any points this year. This is a this is a flyer. I guess I don't know a whole much a lot about Coulter that I could sway one or another maybe armand knows something that i don't without doing any of my research but mm-hmm. i third round picks in our draft have a very interesting dynamic here and is this a flyer on a guy that you could draft in the third round that could have a lot of upside that maybe you see break out in camp fuck if i know man like i one way or another i'm indifferent about this trade with it you get a third round pick which you know is a very early 30 round potentially early third round pick in 2022. But I don't know enough about this kid. What can you tell me about this kid that 
you drafted him and then moved on from him. Well, so I didn't even draft him. He was an undrafted player in our league. Um, I think there, I get the excitement. You know, there's even before all this, it was an injury prone Will Fuller, a concussion prone Brandon Cooks. And that's really it for pass catchers after the DeAndre Hopkins trade. So I get the excitement for a rookie. But like you said, he has not played a game. Um, I was really surprised that he wasn't active on Thanksgiving after the Randall Cobb injury and um, Kenny Stills being released. Um, So we'll see. I mean, now with Fuller um, being out for the rest of the year with the PED uh, positive test, he's certainly going to get some sort of opportunity. I don't know. Um, I don't really have strong hopes. You know, I, I might regret this but i just would rather have had the third round draft pick because i i don't know if he's a guy but um yeah i mean warm bodies are warm bodies but at this point in time for a guy that's i think he's suited up in four or five games i think is what it was is but yeah, he hasn't I, actually I, recorded any points so only four games he's suited up in okay um but has had zero literally nothing on the stat sheet for it mm-hmm. it's an upside pick but i feel like having the third round pick especially where you can see guys after a week and a half, two weeks of preseason kind of has a lot of value. So, yeah, but I mean, think... you and I both could be shooting fucking flames out of our ass when he goes off this week for 35 points. That's true. And I mean, I think one thing you did touch on is the third round draft aspect this year. Obviously it was a little bit um, fucked up, a little bit fucked up. There was no preseason games, but like kind of the main selling point of our split draft is the fact that you do get that perk. You do get to see, two preseason games usually and if you see that you can you know start getting a better read on some of these rookies um so i mean they are a little bit more valuable um but um who knows armand i mean this is now the second you know young wide rookie wide receiver that he's targeted um and you know shoot your shot for the young guys and oh yeah armand likes him young so good for him um hashtag no jail time (laughs) Yeah, not that young. Just okay. You know, just checking. Yeah, twenty twenty one. That's awkward segue. Where he traded a twenty two. So twenty two. Oh, twenty two. That, that's twenty two was too old for him. So he needed the the twenty or the twenty rookie. Yeah, which I mean, I don't but, know. He's 22, but he's twenty two in age. We're kind of fumbling here. Let's move topics. Let's move topics. Uh, before we move topics, trade deadline is this Thursday. Thursday, six p.m. Central time. We're doing with um, no Thursday night game. So with no Thursday really night super game. awkward now. Yeah, so sorry, but not sorry. Now you can devote more of your afternoon to talking about those last-minute trades. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, let me ask you this question. Uh-huh. Blockbuster trades that go down before Thursday's deadline, over under 1.5. I mean, I know uh, it's, it's a rough thing as you unscrew the cap to your water bottle, and you really <laughs> hope that, you know, as you ponder and think, is there any team that's going to potentially move somebody worthwhile? Are these teams that we've covered in the last – few weeks with being out of it that have some big name players that have juicy matchups going to be really worthwhile moving one i mean blockbusters enough time yeah blockbusters all all always relative um i'm gonna say under i'll say there'll be one um there'll probably be two or three deals that happen but some smaller ones um but i think you know steve adam um those guys might be two players to watch um and who knows maybe chris sam jerry armand could get in on the action um, and who knows? Nick has proven to, you know, kind of sell selling. and win, sell yes, and win, sell and win. So, um, 
I think there'll be something, but I don't know if I if I'm committing to two big moves. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm going to play the under as well. I thought there would be at least one, so I wanted to make the line a little juicy for you to yep. say, do you want to play the play the pieces that say we're going to go over instead of push it? Um, yep. Yeah, I feel we'll see one big name move, one with potentially maybe a not as big of a name, but somebody with a juicy you know, playoff schedule, especially for like mm-hmm. myself, Kevin, Nick, and Zane that maybe need that extra push as, you know, Stefan's after this week got the first seed locked up. You've got the first seed locked up. Yeah, it's it's pretty much set in stone for that. The four teams that, that are playing in the first round are going to need maybe this extra piece to give themselves the edge. So we'll see who wants to pay the price. All right. And let's, let's talk about, we mentioned some of those teams. Um, everyone is, the playoffs are set. Um, so that means we know the six teams that are in and the six teams that are out. And the same six teams that missed the playoffs last year missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs this playoffs. year. Yeah. And Does that surprise you at all? I mean, a little bit, um, especially in the you know Justice League division, just because of how competitive it, it is on paper, and it still is. Um, you know, kudos to yourself, Kevin, and Stefan for, you know, staying, like, ahead of the curve, because... I mean, Steve and Adam were very, very aggressive. Chris made, you know, a really bold trade, you know, got Zeke. And, uh, you know, I, those are all the teams. <laughs> but, yeah. I, yeah, it's I was a little surprised that no, none of those three um, were able to catch um, the three that did make it. Who called that, by the way? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I didn't start keeping detailed notes on the pod until week one. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say I think I said it, but I, I, I the fuck knows. Most of the times I drink during these things, and I'm very lucky if I record or pick them segment right. So I'm <laughs> I'm gonna give myself some credit, but um, you know, if somebody wants to go back through and say, hey, yes, this is the jackass that talks in this podcast that picked it right, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm still gonna give myself credit for it, though. I think I picked the three teams right. I will give you that because I, right. I feel like you would. All right. Well, nobody talk. go back and nobody go back and look now because I'm going to take the credit. Done and done. Well, let's talk about these two teams. Yeah. And first one we're going to talk about is Steve's team. Um, Steve, I mean, and both teams are similar in some aspects, but Steve's team, I think, and, you know, I'll make some assumptions. I don't think he was fully aiming to contend this year. I think he was, you know, after that big trade that he made with Adam, um, you know, that huge blockbuster we saw in the middle of summer. I think Steve's goal looked to be getting young. And I think he, like, accomplished that. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. his running backs. He has Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt. That is pretty solid one-two yeah. punch. Naheem Hines has come on. But after that, like, running back is lacking. Wide receiver has turned into a strength, though, through several yes. trades. I mean, Michael Thomas... You know, start a little bit slow. He's starting to come on a little bit. We'll see how that progresses. But Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Jarvis Landry, DJ Chark, even old man AJ Green. I mean, he's very solid to strong at the wide receiver position. Tight end is young and has kind of come on. I mean, Noah Fant is great. Um, Logan Thomas has been a very intriguing piece for the Washington football team. And who knows what kind of year Blake Jarwin would have if he didn't end up tearing his ACL in week two, I believe. Um, so we've seen the tight end position in Dallas be featured very heavily. Um, when we look at kind of the future draft pick situation for Steve, it's not great. Um, over the next three years, he only has a f- one first and one second round pick. 
and a few late round picks. So the the cupboard is a little bit bare for draft picks. And when I'm sure the the 2024 draft picks come up um, and be available for trades, I'm sure those will potentially be moved quickly. Um, so when I look at you know Steve's team, I think oh, and I didn't even mention quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are very solid in the short term for a contender, but long term, I think they're a little bit dicey. Ben Roethlisberger has been great. Um, Matt Ryan has been a little bit up and down, but closer to the great side. And Derek Carr has kind of been revitalized um, in that Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raider offense. Um, but add it all together, I think it's a very solid team. But when you look at the weak running back depth and the okay quarterback play, some of the injuries he had at tight end, it's easy to see why uh, Steve's not in the playoffs this year. Um, what's I kind of just rambled for a bit. What are your thoughts on Steve's team? Yeah, I think I think you covered a couple big pieces, but I'm going to highlight some of the some of the other pieces with it. So I'm going to spend a little time on the quarterback position. Yep. Ben Roethlisberger is maybe going to play one, two years tops. I think he's 16 years in the league, 38 years of age. Matt Ryan, 12 years in the league, 35 years of age. Those are guys that are very much on the end of those pieces. And we, we talk about the fact that Steve doesn't have a whole lot of early draft picks that mm-hmm. go with it. Quarterbacks that we know are going to have an immediate impact are going to go first, second round at most. They're, guys that we know are going to absolutely have an impact are going to go first rounders. So Steve's not going to really be able to replace the fact if we watch Ben Roethlisberger retire. Matt Ryan, if he decides that he's not going to play anymore, that that's going to be a big issue for Steve Steve's going forward. Kareem Hunt sharing a little bit of rep share with, you know, in the, in the Cleveland backfield. Yeah. Chubb's going to, you got to figure Chubb's still going to be the guy that's over there. I'm not familiar with what Hunt's contract looks like. He might find his way into another one, but this is a guy that is young and you have a lot of upside with it. But as long as he remains in the Cleveland backfield, I don't see him having the biggest fantasy impact. And Naheem Hines is making the most out of the fact that he's been the hot hand in that backfield with it. But you're right. Outside of that, there's not really another running back on this roster other than the unsigned, nobody knows where the fuck this is going to go, Packer fan Aaron Jones. With You got you to gotta think Green Bay is going to resign him, right? I mean, I think at this point, even if they don't, Aaron Jones has looked to be like talented enough that mm-hmm. If he leaves Green Bay, I think he still finds himself into a situation where he can be the guy. And who knows? There might even be a case to be made that if he does leave Green Bay, he could be in a better situation just yeah. because of how Green Bay utilizes him. So I think if he stays in Green Bay, great. But if he does move on, I think chances are his situation is at the very least going to be similar, but potentially better. Yeah, and I think Aaron Jones is the highlight where you made this trade for him. You you know, you traded him with Jerry for the previous year. And you're hoping that he finds himself into a better situation. And I think that's there. DJ Moore, you're feeling really good about. Jarvis Landry with no OBJ is taking a lot of the lion's share that goes with it. Deontay Johnson's outstanding. Michael Thomas is a top three wide receiver with it. So a lot of positive pieces. DJ DJ Chark, you know, Javon Wims when he's not throwing punches is pretty decent. Old Man Green, nobody really knows. And you've got some interesting tight end portions to go with it. I think from a long-term perspective, if I'm Steve, I'm not sitting very good because I don't have the rebuild pieces that I'm going to need to replace two old quarterbacks and a questionable running back core. So do the wide receiver pieces have to be either A, moved, or B, really take the lion's share of the points that Steve needs to score week after week to be relevant in this league? And I think that makes it very questionable. And I think Steve with what we're sitting on might be the next team to go through the rebuild process. 
Yeah, I mean, it's... And, and again, that's just, it's very interesting. Oh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I fully agree. I think young a young quarterback is needed because um, he'd be playing with fire sticking with those guys. Um, and who knows, like, these guys could all come, or will all likely come back next year and should be, you know, very solid quarterbacks, potentially even above average quarterbacks. Um, but like you said, he doesn't have the draft capital. If he does won't need to replace those guys, if Ben does retire, it could be tricky. So I'm with you. I think he's got to find that guy. And I think running back depth, you know, every team in the league, except for like maybe one needs running back depth. Um, so that's definitely a position of need as well for Steve. I don't know if a full rebuild is like a hundred percent necessary. I mean, you look at, I mean, Michael, if he wants to move Michael Thomas, I don't know if he'd still get the value like of Michael Thomas five months ago, but you know, I, I think Michael Thomas is still a premium asset and that could kind of fill a lot of holes for Steve's team and still give him, um, you know, he could, I think there's a trade to be made that he could still be hit or put his team in a good spot, um, both short and long-term if he did that. So he might need a rebuild, but I don't think it's like a, I don't think it necessarily has to be a long rebuild if he does that. Okay. So I just want to highlight on, obviously we play a fantasy dual quarterback, super flex, whatever you want to call with it. Big Ben will turn 39 in March. Yep. So before we even start the next season, Big Ben's going to be 39. Okay. How many years does Steve have left with Big Ben? I mean, it's your guess is as good as mine. I mean, look at Tom Brady playing at 43. I mean, Drew Brees playing at like 42 or whatever it is. Like, we see the limits being pushed. Um, Big Ben isn't necessarily the the health freak that those guys are. Um, he's definitely been rocking the dad bod since he graduated high school. Um, (laughs) but I mean, Hey, it's working. I mean, he's having out of all the quarterbacks we've mentioned, like he's been the best this year. He's got an amazing supporting cast in Pittsburgh. Um, who knows? Um, I, I'd say at least two more years after this. What do you, what do you think? I mean, you, yep. So I I have it in front of me Mm because I, I prep myself for this. Okay. So Ben Roethlisberger's 2020 season is base salary is 1.5. He gets 12 and a half for signing. Mm-hmm. If he restructures for 9.75, he's a 23, $23.75 million cap hit. So if they cut him, he's 46 million in dead cap space. Yep. 21, he's still under contract. It's only a $22.25 million dead cap space. If they opt, if they get rid of him with, after the 20 season, which means in 2022, he's an unrestricted free agent. All right. But I mean, like, yep. I, I don't think there's any reason that Pittsburgh is going to move on from him. Like, I think, I think Pittsburgh after the 21 season is absolutely done with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know if I can make a definitive claim like that. Like there's no heir apparent on this team. Like we saw last year, like Mason Rudolph is crap. Duck Hodges is crap. But like I mean, they... also look at what's coming up and what potentially could happen. I mean, Pittsburgh has draft capital. Pittsburgh has the pieces to move up oh. to get pieces that they need. I don't think we watch in a Green Bay Packers, you know, Philadelphia Eagles situation where you're watching guys get overly aggressive to try and draft future or oh shit moment quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But you got to figure that if you're watching Duck Hodges or, you know, 
I wear a helmet to the face, Mason Rudolph, um, be a part of this. It's, I don't know. This one scares me. Yeah. I mean, I guess my take on that would be this team looks very good on paper, both short and long term. Um, They've got a great defense. The offense or offensive supporting cast is very solid as well. So when are they going to have the opportunity to get a premium player in the draft? Um, Maybe they take a flyer on like someone like Sam Darnold. You know, a lot of people wanted him to sign Jameis Winston as the heir apparent. So maybe they take a route like that. They go for, you know, a younger quarterback that has failed. That could be an option. Um, But I think he's got, you know, those, I think he's got two years after this. And uh, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be shoving him out of the door unless he just falls off a cliff. Yeah. And that's just the one piece where I want to talk about is, I mean, Pittsburgh has so much talent mm-hmm. that does age really matter? If you can get, if you can get a guy that as we watched Tom Brady took all the flack for, can he throw the deep ball? And this, and this week he threw a bunch of good deep balls to receivers. It's just a shame they couldn't put up any fucking points <laughs> with it where they scored the same amount of points as the Denver Broncos did without a actual starting quarterback, but let's not get into that. Um, yeah, it, it's very interesting. And that's the one piece that I'm curious about how long this asset that Steve has is going to last, especially yeah, when we now, take two of them a week. Now, with all that said, I think Pittsburgh, that's one thing. But Steve, I think, should absolutely move on. Like if Steve, if there's someone that needs a quarterback in our league and is, you know, trying to think about who to trade for, I think Big Ben would be very high on my list of quarterbacks mm-hmm. to acquire because he's you know, he's not going to have like a premium asset, you know, or premium cost associated with him. At least I, I wouldn't assume so. Yep. Um, so yep. I think he, at least for this year, I think he's going to be a great value for some team. And if someone needs a quarterback, I would definitely be hitting Steve up for Big Ben. Yeah, I hard to argue with part of that. All right. And I mean, you know, the trade deadline, we mentioned Big Ben. I mean, AJ Green, like. Could can Steve get anything for AJ Green at this point? Uh, Nichols. Yeah, I mean Nichols. at this point you you just no. wait for the off season and you hope, hope he goes that to he ends up team. in an amazing situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean Tyler Boyd and T Higgins have shown that they're going to be the the bees knees in that offense with it, and you got to hope that AJ Green finds a finds a good landing spot, whether he's the next Larry Fitzgerald or however it happens that he understands his role, that he's not the dynamic player that he used to be six, seven years ago before he, you know, wrecked his shit with it. It's, I think Steve is unfortunately in the, in the Jerry sits with Ryan Fitzpatrick situation. Mm -hmm. You hope your situation comes out better and that you can scrape a little bit more than what you should for the player. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be 33 in July. Does AJ green have any top 30 seasons left in him? That's a good question. Hmm. I think with a different team, he has opportunity. With a with a team where he can be the number two guy, yes. Or he's willing to play the slot and understand his Larry Fitzgerald role, yes. If he's not willing to do that, he's, his career is dead at that point in time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he does. Okay, then, yeah, that works. All right, anything else with Steve's team before we move on? I think we'll watch to see what Steve does. I'm Steve is an intriguing team to me with little draft capital, but a lot of youth in a specific position, which is a saturated position with mm-hmm. what we have now and what is coming 
as we understand in the draft, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Steve takes his team. And obviously I feel it's going to be a rebuild aspect. You feel it's not going to be as big of a rebuild aspect. I guess we'll see kind of hashtag future pod, what we're going to be looking at for, uh, for Steve's team. Make some moves, Steve. We want to, we want something to talk about. Yeah, buddy. All right. Let's talk about the next team. And that's Adam. Um, Adam, like, you know, Adam's goal is the funny thing is in this league is we kind of, there's some people we knew ahead of time and there's, you know, some people we didn't like, we were strangers before this league. Um, But after, you know, now like coming up on two years and seeing like kind of these teams perform, I feel like everyone kind of has a feeling for how, you know, people want to build a team, like kind of their goals. And Adam, it's very clear his goal is to always contend. He wants to win. He wants to beat playoffs. He wants to, he wants to win it all. And I respect that. I think that's awesome. And when you look at Adam's team, I mean, it's, it's kind of two years in a row that I think it's, He's peaking at the end of the year, and unfortunately, it wasn't a good thing because his team was already eliminated. When we look at Adam's team, I mean, it's all around very, very like solid at every yeah, position. A lot, lot of ups, a lot of, lot of missing depth. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when we look at quarterback, I mean, he has Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, start there, yep. Real easy start. Good you don't you. need much after that. <laughs> and to be honest, he doesn't have much after that. I mean, Philip Rivers is another guy that's coming up. I mean, whatever you think about Big Ben, you got to be feeling similar to Rivers. Yep. Jameis Winston's a wild that's card. The name, that's the name I want to – I feel like I really feel we more, talk excited, about? more excited than I should be. With about it. So, Winston? Yep. So we've watched Taysom Hill play the last two weeks. He's where, have you, where, have you, where have your opinions been about Taysom Hill? He's crap. I don't like if I he's Are you upset that Jameis Winston has not had his chance to run this offense? At this point, yeah. I mean, okay. he's Tim Tebow 2.0. Like yep. he's not very good. Um this like run first offense with a quarterback, you know, masquerading around as a running back isn't going to work. Like I think I think Sean Payton's being very stubborn. Yes. Um right now trying to make Taysom Hill work. Um, they're trying to justify 16 million and I don't see it right now. I don't see it either. I'm yeah, I, it'll be interesting. I think Winston will get an opportunity sooner than later. And that's what, and that's what, and that's what I hope. I feel like Winston, as we go through here is I, I want, I really want to see him take the opportunity to throw to wide receivers, to have a good running back situation, you know, to see what he has the ability to do after the fact that we blamed his eyes for the fact that he threw 30 for 30. Like, I, I really want to see this. And it bothers me that he's not given the opportunity to do it because they invested $16 million into Taysom Hill as this gadget guy to do it. Because Rivers obviously isn't his answer. But if we can get Jameis Winston where he's 26 years old, he's in his fifth, you know, just finishing his fifth year. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the guy I want to see actually have a shot at this offense. I want to see him let the ball go to Michael Thomas deep or Emmanuel Sanders deep. I want to see him to dump downs to Alvin Kamara. Like, I, like this is a guy I think that can really be dynamic. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because when you look at the next two guys on, you know, for Adam's team, Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, like, mm-hmm. not great. Um, and Adam can find himself in a situation if Winston doesn't pan out that he – it's Mahomes and nothing. Yeah, Mahomes are so, bust, basically, yeah. So, yeah, for his sake, he's got to hope Winston gets a shot. And, you know, hopefully he does because he was fantasy gold last year in Tampa. Yep. Yes. And not so much, obviously, this year being the backup. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. 
you got uh, who and who knows this is, this is the rivers conversation 38 years old 16 mm-hmm. years in the league who knows how long this guy is going to play behind this offense and how long i mean when jacoby Brissett's running in for goal line opportunities like where's your faith in what philip rivers can do oh yeah i mean it's not high but he's you know accumulating the stats and putting up in solid year i mean okay year but um you're right it's he's getting long in the tooth and we'll see how much longer it lasts um when we move on to running backs for adam i mean this might be the strength of his team um it starts with probably austin eckler um he's obviously been injured majority of this year and probably a big reason why adam isn't in the playoffs right now um he 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 missed him i mean chris carson's another guy who had a you know he was out a few weeks Kenyon Drake, it's it's really kind of garbagey to start the year, and he's come on a little bit hotter towards the end of the year. Um, Chase Edmonds, I don't know if he's ever going to be a lead, you know, bell cow back, but he looks very well suited in that backup role. Um, Miles Gaskin, you know, he proved to show some sparks of life in that this Miami offense. Uh, Gallman, you know, in New York, he traded for him. I don't know if he's got any much or a future really, but Adam was right in the sense that he has value this year. Um, So if we look at a guy that maybe Adam should try to be moving, I think Gallman should be at the top of the list. If you're a playoff team that needs running back help, you know, this is Dan's Dan. This is your like second pick that you make. Um, And then Duke Johnson, um, he, he hasn't lived up to, I think kind of the expectations people had after David Johnson went on IR with the concussion. Um, he's he's been up and down. He sh- he showed some signs of life this week against Detroit on Thanksgiving. So we'll see how that progresses this upcoming weekend. But altogether, I mean, this is a very strong running back position that Adam has. And um, you know, at the very least, Austin Eckler and Chris Carson are going to be guys for him next year. Kenyon Drake, we'll see about this situation in Arizona. He'll be a free agent. Is he going to be back or is he going to be somewhere else? Yeah, I think you. I think you hit a lot of this on the head, and it's he has a lot of upside and he got plagued by injuries. And if injuries don't happen, where's this team sitting at Eckler going down? Suck. Chris Carson's going down. Suck. Old man. Peterson took, tried to take care of what he could, but Duke Johnson up until we had a David Johnson injury, didn't have any major fantasy relevancy. Kenyon Drake was the biggest disappointment as we've talked about in fantasy football with it. And Chase Edmonds didn't do much to figure it out after that. You know, Miles Gaskin had his opportunities and obviously injuries plagued him with it when he, you know, a couple weeks we put it over 10, one week over 20. You feel really good about that. Matt Breda went into what we expected to be this decent role and just hasn't performed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so much excitement around, I think, what Adam's running back core was that it was just, just premature. It was just so excited that it just came early. And well, and this he's trying to come on late. But this is why, like, we talk about running backs and we're always going to talk about running backs at the end of the time because they can carry you to the promised yep. land. But if you don't capitalize on running backs, you might miss your opportunity. And in Adam's case, like he has the running backs, but they're just, you know, injured. It hasn't been a year and that can happen. Like that's just oh, yes. the, the reality of dealing with running backs. Like they can fall off a cliff. They deal with these injuries. So you might have the opportunity, but it could all just be removed because someone has a high ankle sprain, someone tears a ham or an ACL, like whatever happens. So if you are going to have running back, it's a strength on your team, you're playing with fire. And unfortunately for Adam, you know, back to back years, it just, it hasn't worked out for him, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I mean, what's the the late great Nick Ruth podcast moments where running backs are a dime a dozen? Play, <laughs> play the guy that you have. You know, hashtag Nick Ruth doesn't make an appearance anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's so much so much upside for this running back core that just kind of gosh, just kind of tapered. But let's you start wide receiver wise because there's a couple guys that have had some good years this year. Yeah, I mean, when you start at running or wide receivers, I mean, we're going to start with maybe who you're not expecting, but Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he's potential been, rookie of the year, yeah. I mean, yeah, very much so. He's been sensational. Like, he's had a historic season. Um, he's He might be a top 10 wide receiver in Dynasty right now. Yep. That might be a little ambitious. I mean, I'd say definitely top 15, but he's great. Um, this is, like... You look at Mahomes, you look at Eckler, and now Jefferson. I think that's just, this is Adams' like three man core. And, you know, probably the tight end we'll talk about shortly. But those are his guys that like his foundational building blocks. And that's great. Um, then you obviously have Julio Jones, who Julio's Julio. And he unfortunately has had like an up and down year, some battled some injuries. Um, he's getting up there in age two, but he's also Julio. And we just assume that he's going to turn it around. But that's, you know, father time is undefeated. So we'll see. Um, Corey Davis is a very interesting one that Mm -hmm. he's kind of following in the Devontae Parker footsteps. And it only took five years, but I'm finally figuring out. uh, Um, But he's been sensational this year as well. I mean, he's been great for Tannehill and the Titans. Um, He's going to be a free agent. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of contract he lands where he lands um, another guy that could end up in a better situation and be very um, fantasy desirable. After that for wide receiver, it gets kind of murky. Emmanuel Sanders. He's, he's all right. McCall Hardman. He's getting to the point that he might not live up to that second round draft pick hype that he had with the chiefs. Um, And there's, not really much else at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I think this is the one position where outside of Justin Jefferson, where you leave a little bit to be desired. Julio Jones is fantastic. He's easily a top five guy with it, but he's also getting up there in age, you know, mm-hmm. going to be 32 coming up here. How much more do you expect out of him? Emmanuel Sanders, 33 years old, not always great. You, you covered the Michael Hardman piece. He's potentially not going to live up to what he needs to be in that offense with the sh- massive shadow that Tyreek Hill casts on the rest of the world. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. I think with how deep some of this stuff coming up is that you feel really excited that there are a ton of wide receivers out there that you could potentially get your hands on. But I mean, well, I'm going to skip the tight ends piece, but Adam doesn't have anything until 2023. Yeah. Rebuild opportunities or the ability to acquire and get depth in a PPR, you know, wide receiver potentially happy league in this. And that's kind of scary, I think. It's definitely playing with fire. I mean, one thing that, you know, it's kind of the, the ugly reality. You can get by with not having rookie round draft or rookie draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like they are wild cards, they don't always work out. And people, Think they, you know, they're gonna. They think that if they get the pick, they're gonna draft the right guy, and they might very well. But it's all, you know, a crapshoot. You know, they could never work out, could never materialize. So if you move those picks for vets, and you can capitalize and get like the right, you know, maybe young player or someone that's undervalued, 
you can still thrive without having draft picks. And that's what we've seen Adam do. But now, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, the next two years, no draft picks. That's that's going to be a problem. He's got a first and a second in 2023. And 2024 draft picks will be available this offseason. And I'm sure Adam will be pondering moving some of those. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it can you can manage without draft picks, but it's very risky. Yep. It, I mean, you have to move talent to get picks and as we've known talent proves that it's more reliable than picks are but big time uh so tight end i mean you obviously talked about dalton schultz but there's another guy in his roster two guys potentially on his roster that with an injuries that you're really not excited about or are excited about so i mean oj howard we'll start with oj howard who's the possibly the second best wide receiver that he has on his roster from a athletic standpoint but not as much as a i've produced a standpoint and yeah yeah, he's an interesting guy i i obviously have had some stock in oj howard i traded oj howard to to adam with it he's an he's a talented individual but injuries killed him and where he gets lost in that offense from previous coaching to current coaching to being overshadowed by you know the man the myth the legend rob gronkowski Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But then you've got George Kittle and rough injury piece to it. Again, as we talk about the injuries that Adams had setbacks this year, um, as he's put the investment into giving everybody else's money, it's, it's a little rough, but Kittle, you got to be the most excited about, right? Compared to OJ Howard. Oh, I mean, that's, that's insulting to Kittle. Um, I mean, I, I, OJ's a talented guy. I mean, I it, mean, he is, but he's not even like sniffing George Kittle's jockstrap right now. <laughs> good play yeah but okay Kittle obviously I mean he's the uh, if if he's not the number one tight end in your book it's Travis Kelsey and for most people you're flipping a coin between those guys I mean Kittle's young when he's healthy this year I mean he's put up his like phenomenal numbers I mean he put up almost 50 points in week four after a two-week injury like he's but he's missed I mean how many games now like five games and he's still like tight end 12 like yeah, he's like that. he's very productive when he plays. Um, but you know he's battled injuries. He's a very physical player, and this wouldn't be the first time that we've seen um, you know a player or a tight end um, kind of I don't know like find that or you know just become injury prone. And you hope for George Kittle's sake, you hope for Adam's sake that that isn't the case. But that might be something to monitor um, because he's you know we see it all the time. There's there's guys that, you know, go down at combat or, you know, at contact. And there's guys that initiate contact. George Kittle is a guy that will lower his shoulder and run you over. And that's great for highlights, but it doesn't bode well for sometimes the long time, a long term future of the player. Yeah. I mean, so do you think this is a fluke injury for Kittle or do you think this is something that Adam needs to be concerned about as years go forward? I mean,. It's probably a fluke injury, but I think, you know, George Kittle's a physical player. Like, he, that's just how he plays. And those players, you know, it catches up to him sooner than later. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen like next year or something like that, but George Kittle is going to be like, you know, Rob Gronkowski mm-hmm. in the sense that he's just going to fall off a cliff one year and he might need to retire, smoke some weed, wrestle, and live that <laughs> life for a year and then come back rejuvenated. But yep. like that's I, that's what I think Kittle's gonna be. So does it happen when he's 28, 29, 32? I don't know. But I think he's 
to me, he looks like the guy that's going to hit like the hit the cliff hard and fall like very quickly. And it'll happen, you know, before or, you know, it'll happen so quick that you can't really do anything when it happens. Okay, so completely random question just because you brought it up in a WWE wrestling match. George Kittle versus Rob Gronkowski, who wins? Come on, man. It's Gronkowski. Yeah, okay, it is Gronk. Okay, I'm, we're good. We can move topics <laughs> now. Yep, <laughs> I'm all in. Yep. I mean, one, one interesting thing that you talked about, and I no one probably cares about this as much as I do, but is Dalton Schultz. And it's kind of interesting to me. It reminds me a lot of the St. Louis Rams in the sense that um, we saw what was it, last year or two years ago? Last year. We saw Tyler Higby come on, and everyone got super excited for him. He was great. And then when the season came around, you know, everyone was, like, just really excited for Higby. But, you know, Everett kind of was still, like, involved and kind of the guy that they really liked a little bit more. And it'll be interesting to see how Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin play out. Um, Schultz has been great, but do they just automatically go back to, you know, Blake Jarwin next year. I don't know, just a random thing to ponder because I think a tight end in this Dallas offense does have a lot of value. So if it is Dalton Schultz, great for Adam. If it is Blake Jarwin, great for Steve. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, when we look at Adam's team, he's obviously not making the playoffs this year. I think he should definitely be considering some trades. I mean, we mentioned Wayne Gallman. I mean, Julio Jones, potentially, um, Emmanuel Sanders, maybe. I, You know, I think if you, you're at him, you should be pondering some sort of move like this to try to get something. Because especially for Gallman, I will probably beat this drum way too hard, but I just he's not going to have any value past this year. Yeah, I and it, I don't know what I don't know what you get, but get something for him. I, I think you're right. Yes, you you try and find the. What can I make out of nothing situation? Yep. Yeah. Um, anything else with Adam's team? I mean, any thoughts? Or we get no, that? I, nope. I have random thoughts that float in my head, but nothing around Adam's team. <laughs> All right. Before we move on, if you had to make a pick, Steve or Adam, which one of these guys make the playoffs next year? Steve. I think there's some more interesting pieces, a couple other opportunities that he has with some of the players on his roster where obviously we're going to see big Ben come back, Matt Ryan, come back a lot of interesting quarterback depth. And I think the wide receiver piece is there for Steve's team. And I think he has the ability to address the running back situation if he needs to. Mm-hmm. I don't see that being the case with Adam being able to address his wide receiver position. Yeah, I buy that. Um, I, I, I would agree. Um, another interesting question. If you had to pick one of these teams that, for whatever reason, is picking first overall in the 2022 draft, who would it be? Well, Adam doesn't have a pick, so I feel like that's not a fair question. I mean, Steve doesn't either, or he doesn't have his. But I'm just curious. I, I think Steve is kind of the same for both answers. Yep. I don't know, just random uh-huh. zines on my end. Yeah, I mean, all that's floating through my head is if you buy a bar pizza, do you prefer it to be cut into triangles or squares? Mm. It I'm depends, where you're, it like depends where you're at. I like squares. It's always squares. It's If I'm out, 
squares, but if I'm home, triangle. Okay, I like squares both ways. All right, I respect it. All right, good talk. Um, yes, good talk indeed. And let's continue with, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is good talk. It depends on who you're a fan of. Uh, yeah, I, this, was a, this was a segment I brought up that I thought was justifiable because Baker Mayfield was the subject of our early early season scrutiny, and then he's led the led the Browns to an eight team or an eight win season, potentially at he's minimum eight, at minimum eight wins, and it's still shitty. But I want to talk about Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how shitty Carson Wentz is, and I want to start with this. And Ian Rappaport helped me with this statistic, which I think is what helped me do with this. So I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this at all? Rappaport's tweet. Maybe. Let's hear where you're going with that. So Wentz is a 73.4 passer rating after having a 98.3 passer rating from 2017 to 2019. So in the past four seasons, okay, Carson Wentz 2017 to 2019 was 25 and 15. This year he's 37 and 1. He has dropped 6% in completion percentage. He has dropped 29 yards in passing average. Yards per attempt has gone down 1.2. His touchdowns to interception ratio has gone from 81 to 16. Obviously, we're talking about three years compared to one. I understand that. But he's thrown 15 interceptions in one year to 21 in three years. And his pass rating has dropped, what is this, 25, 25.9%, 24.9%. Yep. Okay, so... Since 1950, can you tell me who the highest passer rating has dropped? Just curious. You probably won't get it because it's J.A. Tittle. J.A. Tittle dropped 38% at 42.2%, and he was over 38 years old when he did it. Peyton Manning for Denver in 2015 dropped 39.9% in his passer rating at age 39. Joe Theismann dropped 32% in his overall passer rating at age 36. Mark Rippon, which who the fuck cares about that, dropped 26.3% at age 31. Carson Wentz is the only player under age 30 to drop more than 24% at 24.9% in his overall passer rating. And the last guy on the list is Brett Favre, who um, in 2010 dropped 24.8%, but he was 41 years old. Every single one of those guys, other than Mark Rippon, retired after they sucked fucking donkey dick. What is wrong with Carson Wentz? That's interesting because, I mean, when you you put those stats, because obviously the the three previous years he was very respectable to maybe even good. Um, So what does that say? I mean, is this is he actually falling over the cliff or is there more underlining issues here? Is it all the injuries on their O line? I think they've had ten different starting combinations of offensive linemen this year um the wide receiver injuries you know the coaching decision or coaching like issues potentially or is this Carson Wentz just sucking I mean the, 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 the easy debate. answer the debate yep the easy answer is it's probably a combination of all of them um but I mean it, it sounds like from what I'm gathering I mean do you think it's this is all Carson Wentz I think it's all Carson Wentz absolutely yeah I Yes, you don't. Your best receiver at any one point in time was not Alshon Jeffrey. It was not Jalen Rieger. 
it was what Greg Ward Jr. Maybe with part of yeah. that JJ Arcega Whiteside, Travis Fulgham. I mean, Travis Fulgham. You know. Any any name you want to say there does not make sense. And Miles Sanders had issues, and you put in a really rough spot. But I mean, we're talking about that. This you can't have this. This would be a different story if you're hitting guys in the hands and having issues with drops and everything like that. But that's not the case with what Carson Wentz is doing. I mean, you've thrown 15 interceptions in one year compared to 21 you have in three years combined. That's not healthy. And this is, I mean, this is maybe you're getting too big for your britches. This Philadelphia offense is fucking trash. It's really not good. I mean, I, I, do you want to explain it any different ways other than what I did? No, I mean, I, I'm fully on board. I think it is trash. I mean, it's got awful, but... I don't know if I would go as far to say like this is all on Carson Wentz. So you know? what do you what do you blame it at then? Because I mean, how do you go from a team that actually has a decent chance that's they won the division last year, right? Correct. Yep. I believe and so. Yeah. Did they win the division the previous year or no? Um, I, I, I don't have it in front of me, and I I apologize for this because I put you on the spot with part of this. But let's say let's say so I, they, yeah, I believe they did. Okay, so. Wentz won the division two years in a row and is now three and seven in the absolute worst fucking conference in all of the NFL. How do we get the bears in the fucking NFC East? Like where do we have to move a team? Does Washington have to move to fucking the Dakotas to make sure so we can be the fucking Washington Sioux, which I mean, yeah, that was super racial and everything like that, but we respond to the Sioux for all this stuff. Like how do we have to get the fucking bears out there to be the best team out there? Cause that entire fucking division sucks donkey dick. So just to confirm, they did not win the NFC East in uh, 2018, 19, okay. but they were in the, they were a wild card team. Okay. Who, so who won the division the giants or the Cowboys, the Cowboys, but they have been in the playoffs three straight years prior to. And now well, they're potentially three, this year they could, yeah, but three, seven and one. And he leads the league in sacks. He leads the league in interceptions. And he leads the league in some other really shitty category from what I watched on Monday or Sunday night. I mean, so I think it's, I think there's a lot of reasons that go into, you know, this failure. And I think Carson Wentz, of course, you know, gets a lot of blame. He's the quarterback. You know, this is the, the sport that we play. The quarterback gets all the, the glory and a lot of the, you know, the shitting on when the you know when things get rough. So Carson Wentz, you're not gonna find me faulting him at all. But I don't think it's all his fault because, like you just said on there, he's got the most sacks. Some of those might be his fault, but I think some of that ties to the fact that they've had ten different starting yeah. combinations of Kelsey's lineup. He's been the only one that's actually been like yeah, they've had yeah. they've had brutal injuries. I think the the coaching decisions have been questionable at times. I mean, I don't know why last night. Miles Sanders only touched the ball. You know, he had six rushing attempts. Yeah. Like, that's insane oh, to me. Like, good. how yeah. how do you do that? Um, I think when you look, like, I don't know why Elshon Jeffrey was playing last night at all. Like, that just straight up blows my mind. Um, and then even, you know, we talk about, okay, Carson Wentz is the issue, fine. You know, Jalen Hurts, he comes in for, like, one play, he completes it, and then he doesn't, like, play again at all. Like, I just don't understand what's going through like Doug Peterson's like head. Um, so I think the coach has been like awful this year. And I would make a case that Doug Peterson might actually be worse than Carson Wentz in terms of like impact just at like their job 
in you know 2020. I think Doug Peterson has been trash. Um, but I mean, they they all like have their you know warts and their issues. So I'm not like it's not all Doug Peterson's fault. Like if Carson Wentz was better, we wouldn't be talking about Doug Peterson. You know, if the line was healthy, that wouldn't be an issue. Um, if injuries didn't happen, you know, we couldn't mention that. You know, Jalen Rieger's missed time. You know, Dallas Goddard is out. Zach Ertz has been on IR like virtually all year. Um, Miles Sanders missed some games. Like it's shitty it's been like a perfect storm i mean so we mentioned all that i mean is carson once done in your mind like can he be a viable nfl starter could he be a viable fantasy player um you know for years to come potentially i don't know and that's a big question with part of this i mean you draft obviously a guy like jalen hurts early often and somebody that you expect to make an immediate impact and carson once said the injury problems and some of these pieces that go with it, I just don't know. And part of me says, no, Wentz is not the option. You overcommitted too soon to a guy that you're not 100% confident that can make the biggest impact in your organization. And you tried to cover your ass by drafting Jalen Hurts. I, I'm i going to say no. Carson Wentz is, Carson Wentz's best days are behind him. You? I mean... His best days could be behind him, but I still think he could be the answer. No? Justify it and let me try and contradict what you why why you think that. Well, I mean, I guess for my thoughts, you know, we just you talked about all these stats and they all stem from the idea that Carson Wentz was so good the three years before that. Um, so why can't he return to form? Um, if, you know, the O-line gets healthy, if the O-line gets some better players um, in there, if the pass-catching support around him doesn't all collectively, like, alternate going on IR for, like, four to six weeks. um, I think, you know, and, I mean, the coaching, like, it's a combination. If all that stuff doesn't happen, maybe the coaching doesn't have to make some, like, weird, like, calls and, you know, just constantly, like, second-guessing themselves. And if... Carson Wentz doesn't have to worry about all that stuff because that's what the quarterback does. He worries about the line. He worries about the pass catchers. He worries about the running backs. He worries about the coaching, like making the calls. Like if the quarterback can just play, maybe they aren't like making all these fuck ups and trying to make the perfect throw and, you know, trying to make every play, you know, something out of nothing, you know, maybe it makes his life easier. So I'm not, I think, I mean, interject and then i'll have more thoughts on quarterbacks i feel like the only question i have for you is if you had to change one position the Mm -hmm. head coaching position for the philadelphia eagles or the or i'm sorry let me rephrase that whoever called the offensive plays for the philadelphia eagles or carson wentz who are you replacing well i'm replacing the whoever calls offensive plays because you know it's a lot of money like if they want to get rid of uh carson wentz this offseason it's going to be like $78 million in dead cap. If they want to get rid of him in 2021, it's going to be $60 million in dead cap. If they want to get rid of him in 2022, it's going to be $25 million in dead cap. If they want to get rid of him in 2023, it finally becomes a manageable $15 million. Like, he's, like it or not, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles for several years to come, unless he suffers a career-ending injury or chooses to retire. So it's... Always going to be whoever's not Carson Wentz in these yep, hypotheticals. I, I agree. I think it's Peterson, whoever calls the plays in the Philadelphia offense, is the one that goes first. Mm-hmm. But 
I think Wentz is on a very short leash with where they drafted Jalen Hurts and the expectations that Wentz has set forth when they signed him to a massive contract. I think that's the that's that's a straw that breaks the camel's back. Is if we watch him turn into a shit show. Mm-hmm. The, I, Philadelphia will be the quickest town to fucking try and put his head on a chopping block, and they already know, are Henry the Eighth. That shit really quick. They already are. I mean, I think, and you know, I wanted to talk just a little bit more on quarterbacks in general because I think you know we see you know NFL teams, and we see like you know from a fantasy perspective, like these young quarterbacks were like very eager to just assume that they're amazing you know and they haven't figured out and they're going to be great i mean look at carson wentz you know his rookie year was meh you know his second year was actually really really good and then he tears his acl and nick Foles goes on to like win the super bowl for them he comes back you know after the acl injury and he's respectable but you know he's coming off the acl injury and he gets like that massive deal and 2019 is kind of a rebounding year he actually you know is solid last year and this year now is more crap um, but his really, his best year was clearly so far in his second year. That's when he was like an MVP contender. Um, if he didn't tear his ACL, who knows what would have happened. Maybe they still would have won the Super Bowl. Maybe not. But I mean, you look just, I mean, Jared Goff, you know, same situation for, um, the LA Rams, you know, for the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo sends a massive deal. Um, you know, everyone this off season was very eager with Lamar Jackson. And I think Lamar Jackson's still great, but, you know, he's taken a step back. You know, he's his what we saw last year, that magical offensive performance for the Baltimore Ravens just isn't there this year. Um, you know, like Matt Ryan, you know, is kind of coming to the end in his career. Um, Matt Stafford, you know, might be the same situation. And then we look at some of the real young guys. I mean, look at the rookies this year. I mean, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and even Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, how quick are we going to be to anoint those guys I mean, very quickly, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I like I think for quarterbacks, the biggest like keys to like knowing like that they're legit, like that they're elite, is seeing them do it across multiple years. And for a lot of those guys that you know we have said, you know Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, I mean even I mean Lamar Jackson would be at this point. We haven't seen them do it across multiple years. We've seen it for one year for some stretches and, you know, for the the Niners, the Eagles, the Rams, they all paid him a lot of money, those quarterbacks. And uh, I don't know if all three of those teams are very satisfied with that decision, but that's, you know, they're, they're stuck with them now. Um, so guys like Burrow, Herbert, even Kyler Murray, you know, are they elite? I'm, I'm not ready to go that far. Like, I think if you are doing a startup draft and you're taking, you know, Kyler Murray, like first overall, that's risky. If you're taking Justin Herbert, like as a top four quarterback, I think that's risky. You know, even your boy, Josh Allen has been very inconsistent and he's come on this year, but like the elite guys, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilson, the Deshaun Watson, I would throw Dak Prescott in there. I think Aaron Rodgers is still obviously there. Like those guys we've seen had like success and be elite for multiple seasons. So it's to join like that elite tier. I think you have to see it over multiple seasons. And I think guys like Kyler Murray, you know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are very close to getting to that tier, but teams and, you know, fantasy owners want to just find the next guy 
and just want to say, oh, he's elite. And Carson Wentz, I think, has kind of, you know, been at that point, you know. And now, like, people just want to rip him down and say he's not there and not that guy. And, you know, he might not be. Or, you know, maybe we're being a little bit quick, too quick, again, to judge those players. Yep. Yep. I think that's very well put. I want to see what happens as we go forward. But I'm very skeptical as to what I expect Carson Wentz to put forward in the output of what is small career in the Philadelphia Eagles has been. Do you think they replace Peterson this offseason? Yes, I do. I don't think, regardless of the Super Bowl win and everything that goes with it, I feel like... Time for he, a change? It's time for a change. If you, can't, if you can't win a Super Bowl and then rebound from that and not win more than... I mean, ideally, what, maybe six games at most with what they have left? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Regardless of injuries and all that shit. I mean, you, do you agree or no? Yeah, I mean, it's... I I think this is a decision that, like, the GM, Howie Roseman, like, has to look and be like, all right, you know, does Doug Peterson still have this team? You know, do they still believe in him? Or is it time for a change? You know, mm-hmm. is he just, is Peterson like SOL because of the extenuating circumstances and bad luck? Or is it just time for a change? And I think in sports, you know, unfortunately, sometimes like just time for a change is a fair enough answer um, yep. for a quarterback. And, you know, uh, so I'll say yes, but I don't feel comfortable or super confident in that prediction. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I mean, before we talk about matchups, I mean, we look at the playoffs, like everything's set, like the two first seeds are myself and Stefan and, you know, the second and third seed might change, but that really has no impact. You are going to be playing Kevin week one and Zane is going to be playing Nick, Nick Ruth in week 14. Um, yeah, I mean, week 13 is not going to be the most exciting, even for the teams out of the playoffs. Like the seeds or the draft order is pretty much set. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Armand's picking one. Jerry's picking two. Sam's picking three. Chris is picking four. Steve would be picking five, but his pick's going to Jerry. And Adam would be picking six, but his pick's going to Sam. Um, it's very, very, very unlikely that that order changes over the final week of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that, I mean, these guys are kind of sitting on the clock with. Minus the maybe the first two, three picks that we're looking mm-hmm. at. I think this is where doing your homework, watching your college football on Saturdays, trying to figure out what's going to happen is going to be very beneficial. Oh, yeah. All right. Should we get into the matchups? Let's go matchups. I mean, it's not really exciting like you talked about, but we've got matchups this weekend. Let's talk about it. I have a two-game lead. With it, I got Stefan over Steve. You and I both sucked on my matchup because Adam fucking decided he was going to show up this week, and I decided I was going to stick my head up my own ass with it. Um, so I hold a two-game lead over you, 49 and 23 to 48 and 24. One game, it, so one game lead. Good talk. I, math is fun. I, the I alcohol's hit in? Yeah, I'm in the... We're well quarter. past the, yep, yep. the 25 minute. All right, you go. Where are we going? Let's um, do it. Let's start with the easy low-hanging fruit. Fantastic. Zane versus Armand. Uh, Zane. Yeah, Zane. 
<laughs> I mean, for Armand's team, I think at this point, um, just to... You, know, you don't want to score points. Yep, absolutely. No, you don't want to score points, but to give him like a little bit of love, like you want to see Tua come back. You want to see Tua play. You want to see DeAndre Swift come back. You want to see him be healthy. You want Jalen Rieger to do something. You know, yeah, Rieger really and Moss, cool. I think, are the guys you really want to see be excited. Yeah, I mean, Denzel Mims. Like, you want your young guys to kind of yes. end on a good note. Yep. So yep. the results don't matter, but can those guys perform? Oh, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Should we mark the green? Let's do it. Yep. Let's right. do it. Um, and Samber's Jerry. Um, this is kind of a battle versus... Yeah this, yeah, this is a fun one. It actually is, like, a little this, bit closer. This one's actually really good. I mean, like... Had to have Sam the only has one quarterback. Jerry might have one quarterback with Fitzpatrick yep. potentially still playing. Yep. Potentially. Um, Jerry doesn't really have a running back, but he's got DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, which is pretty awesome. Um, for Sam's team, I mean, he's he's got the running backs, um, Josh Jacobs and James Robinson. We'll see if Jacobs plays. Um, but everything else, it's you know young players. Um, Debo Samuel looked really good coming back. I think Sam's kind of, I mean, and Jerry too. You want to see your young guys perform. You want to see Debo have a great game. You want to see Chase Claypool have a great game. You want to see Adam Troutman show signs of life. Um, you know, maybe Jerry Judy with an actual quarterback playing has a good game. Um, and Sam Frank Gore should not be in your team. Trade him before the deadline. What the hell? Um, but this game, I I'm gonna take Sam. All right, let's let's try and get you make up the game. I'll take Jerry. Oh, thank you, kind sir. I, yep, I'll take the old man. Like you, family love. That's all it is. Family love, all right. right, Jerry. That's what we're going for. Um, all right, Chris versus Adam. Oh, I'm sorry, I got to click off with that. I. <laughs> it's all I mean, good. This, um, it's Adam. It's Adam. I mean, it's this, Adam. You know, Adam's team is. If Adam's team was in the playoffs right now, I'll make a bold claim. He's very scary. He would be the favorite in the Justice League division. He has a very scary schedule with the rest of it, yes. But yeah, I'm taking Adam too. All right, top three. Where are we going? All right, let's do the battle of the Knicks. I'm taking uh, on Mr. Nick Ruth. It could be, could potentially be if Nick gets it, lucky. No, uh, playoff preview. No, it could not potentially be. Hey, he's Why? got, he's got Mr. Gibson, and Mr. Gibson looks pretty darn solid. I love, I love Antonio Gibson, which is great. I love Keenan Allen. With it, if Ertz comes back, we get a little bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I yeah, I mean, Nick's really team, excited it, about outside anything outside of that. Yeah, for Nick's team, it's Antonio Gibson, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, and then a whole lot of meh. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to take you. Yep, I will as well. Okay, cool. All right, and I mean, a little bit more competitive. We're going to have Kevin taking on Steve. This is a fun matchup as well. I think this mm-hmm. is. It, again, zero playoff implications, but, you know, guys that are going to do it. I like Kevin to start off with. I mean, you start off with Derrick Henry. Obviously, that's, I mean, the guy that you really want to have every day, every dollar with it. Juju, Calvin Ridley. Ridley's got a really interesting matchup in the Dome against New Orleans. But you have Travis Kelsey. You have, I, I don't think Ty Gurley's going to play, maybe. Is no, I play? doubt it. I doubt yeah, it. I, I doubt that, too. So, where does Kevin pivot with part of that? He's got Hunter Henry. He's got Mike Gesicki. Um, he's Dobbins. got Pittman. He's got Dobbins, which um, is coming back out of the COVID stuff. I really like Kevin in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Steve's team, um, 
he, you know, Steve's got a great solid team. Um, I think it really comes down to like how he gets or what kind of performance he gets from like some of his end of the bench guys. You know, does CJ Chark, does Naheem Hines, does Jarvis Landry have a big game? It's always risky projecting those guys. I'm going to go with Kevin as well, but I think Steve definitely has the firepower to make this game close. All right, so we get down to our anticlimactic matchup of the week where, again, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yep, how about you give us your thoughts on your team? Well, I get to start Josh Allen, which is fun. That's great. Is he going to yep. go for 300 yards this week? Fuck, I hope so. It's, it's my it's my goal and hope for every single word in life with it. I agree. Kirk Cousins against Jacksonville. I hope both those guys go both those guys go for 300. But then I get to my running backs, and I don't really feel really good because Mike Davis is on a bye, and I got to play Gio Bernard, which is great. Philip Lindsay man. splits a lot. I don't know if Philip Lindsay Philip Lindsay's even going to play. Yeah, with it might it. be Gus Edwards. It might be Gus Edwards. It might be Mark Ingram. It might be a whole lot of fistful of ass that goes into it. I'm the one guy I'm really considering playing is Jordan Aikens because Jordan Aikens at this point in time is. A pass Probably catcher. The, yeah, it's a pass catcher where, you know, somebody that can be trusted. Yeah, you got Devontae Adams. You have Austin Hooper. Boyd has been okay, but he's played second fiddle a little bit to T. Y. Hig- or to T. Higgins. As we go through, Cole Beasley's been fantastic. He's going to play Monday night. Um, he was a better quarterback than Denver had. Oh, God, yes. Oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cole Beasley threw better shit, but... I I mean you can break down Stefan's team. I already know I'm going with this, and it's definitely the fucking not me. I mean I think one thing that we'll be look at for your second running back is what about the thoughts of starting the 2023 second round draft pick? I mean Wayne Gallman. Oh, I mean if Sam has a reasonable expectation for him, yes, I will. I will be all aboard that lifestyle. Adam, but, or Adam, yeah, I'm sorry with some of that, but yeah, I mean it's. We'll see. We'll what see. Happens. We'll see. It's right. it's rough. I'm running out of second round draft picks. You still got that one more. I'm waiting for it I, to I happen. Have, well, yeah, one more. Yep, you got it. That's all it is. And after that, I gotta wait one more year. <laughs> all right. And when we look at Steve's team, I mean, or excuse me, Stefan's team. I mean, it's you know, the interesting thing I think at this point, if you're Stefan, and and I'm curious how you think is at what point does he begin to worry about Alvin Kamara? Uh, as long as Taysom Hill's a quarterback, I think we're going to see kind of the Cam Newton effect in the sense that the running backs really take a nosedive in value because he's going to, or Josh Allen for that matter, yeah. the running, the goal line carries are just non-existent because they're all going to be Taysom Hills. So Alvin Kamara is still great, fantastic, amazing player, but he's in an interesting situation where I think you can make the case that he's not an RB one as long as, you know, Taysom Hill is still the guy. So I, I don't think it's going to impact, you know, Stefan this week, but it's something to monitor long-term. Um, I think as we, I think as you're right, as you move into playoffs mm-hmm. where week two, week three, where we have the flip side, is it true breeze? If it is it Taysom Hill? Yep you're not excited about Kamara. If it's, if it's breeze, you're very excited about Kamara. Absolutely. But if it's Big not time. breeze, is it really your best option? But where do you pivot after that though? Is it Lat Murray? Is it Melvin Gordon? Is it McKissick? Do we have the random bullshit with Fournette or Ronald Jones? Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah. A lot of depth. I, I'm, I'm not saying at all that you bench Alvin Kamara just because he's Alvin Kamara. Yeah. 
but your expectations should be changed. Like if you have Alvin Kamara, you normally think, oh, I'm going to get 20 points. And now I think the expectations are where, God, I hope I get 10 points. And that's quite the adjustment from a player like Kamara that, you know, he's elite. And it's we'll see if that, you know, New Orleans offense change changes. Um, the only other thing I really want to spotlight for Stefan, just because I think it's hilarious, is the fact that Mike Glennon could be a very legitimate option <laughs> against that porous yes. Minnesota Vikings team, oh, God, especially yes. over Tyler Higby, who he has right now that Tyler Higby has been very disappointing. Um, I think the giraffe could make a very strong argument for being started for Stefan. And I am very hoping that it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all that said, I'm going to go with Stefan. Yep. I think we're both in good. So you have the ability to make up the one game you're missing right now. Come on, Sam. Don't yep, let I'll... the weirs down. Yep. And it's a family fit. It's a family feud with it. I mean, that could have been the, the battle of what we have right now, but we took you and me or me and Stefan with it, but we'll see what happens, dude. But it's hard to make uh, up games in the playoffs too. So it very much is, but I mean, we, we go through and we try and figure out what the best options are right now. So, Oh my gosh, this was a long one. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Trade deadline is around the corner. I mean, all fairness, I think you and I talked for 20 minutes before it started. So we're only at an hour. So we're in good shape. We're at 70 minutes. It's it's, I guess that's part of the course right now. All right. Adios, everyone. Yep. Good luck.